Welcome to Live in the Life, a podcast that inspires and educates everyday people to take action and choose to live the life of their dreams. Hey guys, I'm Kathleen Holt. And I am Marissa Hammond. We're just a normal couple that believes a life worth living is one rooted in health, fun, love, and abundance. I'm Marissa, a life coach who's been in the health and wellness industry for over eight years. I'm fascinated by the human being, our bodies, minds, and emotions, and how it all works. My passion is just being me and helping others fully love and embody their true selves. I'm Kathleen, a personal trainer that has coached thousands of clients towards a body and healthy lifestyle that they are really proud of. I love lifting heavy weights, enjoying a good outdoor hike, or just playing around and goofing off. We've made it our mission to cut through the noise to give you proven tips and tricks that actually work. Each week, we will share with you our real experiences and the shifts that we've made to create the life that we have today. So whether you're just starting out on this journey or you've been up-leveling yourself for a while, we promise you'll find practical tools and knowledge to help you make the changes you've always wanted. Together, let's all let go of the old versions of ourselves and finally get to a place where we can honestly say, I'm I'm living the the life. Welcome to another episode of Living the Life. I'm Marissa Hammond. And I'm Kathleen Holt. And we're coming at you from the highway of... Are we in Alberta right now? Yeah, we're in Alberta. We're about to cross over into Saskatchewan. And I am so tired. I'm just laughing. I'm introducing myself. I'm like, Kathleen hands me the mic. And I'm like, I'm Marissa Hammond. That's all I can get out right now. (laughs) (laughs) We... um, been staying in BC for the past six, six or seven months, and uh, and we are making the long road trip with all of our stuff, Marissa and I, and our dog Loki in the back. We have all of our stuff piled into our little Toyota Corolla. We have two mountain bikes attached to the back. It's pretty squishy in here, but uh, but my woman is the best packer. She's so organized and so logical that I gave her the job of packing the car because there is no way that I would be able to do it the way that she did. Let's be real. She didn't give me the job. I was like, I'm doing this job because otherwise we know there's no way we're going to know where anything is or anything that we need to be accessible where you have no access to it or it's just not going to fit. So like just even having Kathleen unpack the groceries is not a good idea. Like every time I come into the kitchen and she's like I don't know where to put these and I'm like there's so much room because she just kind of grabs everything and kind of shoves it in and hopes it all works but then runs out of space so there's a reason why I'm so grateful I packed (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but you know what you need a little bit of balance in every relationship and Also, I think it's really important that every couple goes on a road trip together because you learn so much about each other. So we're going to have like around 50 hours of driving in the car together over the course of the week. But not going to lie, and I haven't told Kathleen this yet, so far I think I'm going to probably enjoy the solo drive better than the one with her. (laughs) Because it's just so much more calm and peaceful. We've already had a couple moments where we've both looked at each other wide-eyed like, what the hell is going on with you but that's okay it's a a good growth opportunity so I think it's important just avoiding situations that are uncomfortable doesn't doesn't necessarily help but 
it's it's quite entertaining. It's I feel like there's going to be other good stories from this trip later on. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we're only a quarter of the way through, and there's many more adventures to come. Um, yeah, during any road trip, any long road trip that I've been on, I've always noticed that it's been a challenge to keep up the routine that I've been on. I don't know if that's the same for you, Maris. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because I was, I was actually thinking about this this morning, just the idea, the idea of the word lifestyle. And it's one word, but it's really is, if you think about it, it's two words. It's life and it's style. And, and it's really saying, okay, cool, what kind of flair do you want to add to your life? But it's picking, okay, what kind of habits and what activities help support you in living the life and being the type of person you want to be. So I was just thinking about that. It's really interesting because the word lifestyle is really, it's like, if you think about like clothing style, it's like the stuff that we wear that makes us look and feel a certain way. So it's like a lifestyle is the stuff that we add to our life that makes us look and feel a certain way. But it's, it's more about just how does it make us feel? What does it give to us? And it's just interesting because like Kathleen was saying, like when we go on road trips, it's so easy for it to be like, oh no, now this doesn't count as part of our life. This is a time where the, like there's totally been road trips where we've just had all the classic road snacks and we haven't taken care of our bodies or other things but like we were like no like this is this is so important for us on this road trip to still maintain our lifestyle and actually still show up as our best selves and like actually want to feel amazing at the end of this yeah and I mean life is crazy life is unpredictable life is not always on schedule and so I think that if we say that we're going to show up for our health and our well-being when it's convenient then that's not going to be very often because there's always things coming at you there's always things throwing off um throwing off how much sleep you can get or throwing off your routine or, or throwing off what types of food that are convenient for you to be eating or or movement and the gym isn't always available and so coming on this trip Marissa and I were like all right let's we know it's going to be challenging to keep our routine but we really want to do it so why don't we create a challenge in the live in the life Facebook group which is you know a little bit selfish on our part but why don't we create a challenge in the Facebook group for the next five days so that we're hitting these specific targets every day, these habits every day that we've built into our life that we know when we keep these in our life that we're able to live our best life and show up as our best self and, and really be healthy and happy and energized. I think it's really funny too because I'm pretty sure that we planned, we're like, we got to do this amazing five-day challenge to support us, to support other people. I'm pretty sure we planned this out before we knew we were going to be driving across Canada and then when we knew for sure that we were when we found out like mid May that we were going to be leaving we were like okay we're like let's plan to do this challenge literally while we're on the road right because this again like Kathleen said this is going to force us to stay accountable but like today we're going to be having a 13 and a half hour drive that's not including stops so we're like okay like this this is a challenge for us too like it's not just like and the word challenge is, is that. It's something which is a little bit uncomfortable. It's outside of your comfort zone. And it's going to force you to 
push yourself beyond what's your normal. So that's what this is for us too. It's like, okay, how can we challenge ourselves during this time and also hold ourselves accountable to living this life? So this, if you haven't, if you're not part of the five day challenge, it starts today. So it goes from June 20th until 24th. And it's going to be five days where we're doing these lifestyle habits, these things every single day. So that way you're able to build more of this happy, healthy, fun, full of love life. So we've come up with, we, we've come up with 11 habits or 11 daily things that we're doing ourselves and what we're challenging other people to do. Technically, we're saying 10 and then there's a bonus one, but it's really 11 habits, which are really helpful for you in building this life. So we're going to give you guys those today. So that way, even if you aren't part of the challenge, but you can still come join if you, there's the links in the show notes, like you can still come join if you would like to, but there's like, regardless, if you start to take these 11 habits and if you start to build them in and create that lifestyle, right? Like add these to your life you're going to see so much of a change. And the goal is eventually, yeah, is how can we actually have this as a lifestyle rather than just a five-day challenge, but realizing like it's not going to always be that way, and that's okay, but if we can generally most of the time live this way, then that's going to make such, such a huge impact. So we're going to share with you guys these 11 habits, and we're going to share with you what they are, why they're important, how you do them, and I hope that you really enjoy these and you can take some of them and implement them in your life. Yeah, so number one is eat a protein and a veggie slash fruit at every meal. And so the reason why this, we chose this one is oftentimes you'll hear people saying that, you know, you should take this food out or take that food out. And I find that that can lead to, like, let, let's say I told you, all right, you're not allowed to eat any cookies this week the thing that you're going to be thinking about the most probably is cookies and you're wanting to eat them more and more so instead of restricting and saying how how can we take things away from you oftentimes what I'll utilize with myself what I'll utilize with my clients is how can we add more things in so then you're less likely to want to eat those other things like cookies so protein very satiating very very good for you um, it helps you build lean muscle so having a protein at every meal oftentimes that is the one thing that people are very low in on their daily intake so when it comes to carbs fats and proteins often proteins are quite low especially especially in our western culture so protein and then a veggie slash fruit again when it comes to foods vegetables and fruits are usually lower in calories but higher in bulk so they'll make your stomach expand more as you eat them they're very high in micronutrients so they have a lot of vitamins and minerals in them Um, and then they have fiber as well fiber is really really good for uh, for your colon for your digestion for good poops for good poops yeah (laughs) there you go yeah yeah so that's why we chose that as number one, adding a protein and a veggie slash fruit every meal. And how you do it is pretty straightforward. Like Kathleen said, like you say, okay, cool. Where's where's my serving of protein? What's my protein? Even if you're a vegetarian, if you're not using meat sources, you can still find so many other things saying, okay, like where's my protein coming from? Is this like a high 
protein or like a, it doesn't have a substantial amount of protein in it. And then same thing with fruit or veggie. Pick a fruit or pick a veggie, add it to it. And what I find is super helpful with doing this as well is when you think about your meal, rather than saying, okay, I'm gonna build a meal and then how can I add protein and a veggie to it or a fruit to it? You can say, okay, how can I start with those things? And then from there, you can then expand on your meal. So if you're looking at a recipe, the first thing you do is say, okay, where's the protein? Where's the veggie or fruit? And then it's easy to go from there. But you can also like, if you find that you're having a meal and you're like, there's no fruit or veggies in this, just add a fruit of fruit on the side, just like throw an apple in there, right? Or vice versa, if you're having a meal and you're like, there's no protein in this, that's where you can then add on the side, just a protein shake or something. So it's figuring out like, how can you, yes, ideally stick to the whole foods, make those things happen that are full of like that complete meal full of all the nutrients but realizing it's never gonna be perfect so if you're always just throwing random things on the side so you're still getting in your nutrients that's totally fine heck yeah um and and as a side note if you notice that you are someone who ends up um overeating a lot try to when you've built your meals like what marissa said building your meals, making sure that your protein and your fruit slash veggie is there. Try to start with your protein and your vegetable at your meal and then save the other stuff for last. So then you're filling up on that protein and vegetable, you're getting it in and then whatever's left on the plate, save that for later and you might not even want to eat all of it. Number two is drinking half of your body weight in ounces of water. Um, Oftentimes, people are very, very low in their water. This one for me is hard. I find that, you know, I'll have my coffee in the morning and then that'll be my like quote unquote drink and then noon will roll around and I'll be like, shit, I haven't drank any water yet. So with water, why this is important is because your body's actually like 70% water. So you as a human being with a human body and a human brain, if you want to be able to function and have energy, this is so important. And when we don't drink water and we become dehydrated, it's going to affect you, yes, physically, but like that body and that brain. But what that also does is that then also affects your brain. And that also affects your emotions, right? Your ability to be able to regulate all these other things. So if you can't think clearly and if you have a really hard time feeling grounded and okay, that's going to be when then everything else kind of grows crazy. That's when overwhelm kicks in. That's when we turn to unhelpful habits and behaviors or we start avoiding things that we know we need to be doing. And then that's when everything kind of falls apart and spirals. So like if nothing else happens, going back to hydration, it's going to help so much with energy, but also just with like detoxifying and like getting things to run through your system it'll help with keeping your skin clear it'll help with so many things so if if nothing else go back to drinking that water and like Kathleen said how you do this is you take your body weight in pounds you divide it in half that's how many ounces you have so if you're 200 pound man you do 100 ounces of water if you're a 150 pound woman you're doing 75 ounces of water so just figure out where it is at do the math and then figure out, It's I find it's easier to pick one cup or one water bottle, figure out how many ounces is in that. So that way you just know this is how many of this water bottle or this cup I'm gonna have to have today. And then, then you can just keep filling it up and count them from there. Yeah, and, and for me, like I said, for all you coffee drinkers out there, what I'll do that makes this super, super simple is I'll make sure that I'm drinking 
um, like a nice big cup of water right before my coffee and then I know I'm starting out on a on the good foot and I've and I've spoke about this before in a podcast but anyone who hasn't heard this before if you are even a little bit dehydrated it impacts your performance over 10% huge 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 numbers our body needs water so that one's really really important um, number three is getting 10,000 steps in now the reason why we did this is because we live in a very sedentary life um, we don't get a lot of movement in steps are a really really easy way to measure if you're getting movement in throughout your day and it's very convenient because a lot of us have either smart watches or smartphones or, or some sort of device on us that we can track that pretty easily. I think it's really important too that we remember that like 10,000 steps, yes, that's like what you really, really need. But like there's going to be some people that just based off of where you're at right now, like that's not possible because of your physical health, like maybe you're where you're currently at um, or just because you're in a specific days in your life where you're so 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 busy that it's just like insane trying to make it happen but like because I had for the the challenge I've had two people message me being like well I can't do it because one person said they were coming off surgery somebody else they said that they have arthritis that they're dealing with and that they're like I can't do it anymore. that's fine but then figure out what's something you can do like if if right now the phase of life that you're in just isn't possible that's okay, but like, can you do 6,000 steps? Maybe that's what's challenging for your body in a healthy way if you're dealing with arthritis. Maybe that's like what gets you moving, but doesn't push you beyond that point where you're gonna re-injure or reactivate this inflammation in your pain, right? If you've just come out of surgery and you maybe you're completely bedridden saying, okay, cool. Well, what can you do? Is there other upper body movements or arm movements? Like even if you can't move your legs, can you still do something, right? So figuring out like, how can you adjust this if you're not able to move because of wherever you're currently at physically, that's okay, like still adjust it. But then also realizing, like, and like I said, if you're at a certain phase in life in regards to say work's crazy or just all your commitments are crazy, I get it. Life gets crazy like Kathleen said earlier, but the reality is, is your body doesn't care. If you aren't moving enough and you're, you're like, well, sorry body, right now I'm not gonna get 10,000 steps in because I'm so busy in my day, I'm only gonna do 5,000 then your body doesn't care. It's still, it's going to start to deteriorate and it's gonna to start to slow down. So realizing you gotta get your steps in and steps is such a great way for getting outside, getting fresh air, being able to let your body just move and kind of recalibrate and just ground. So like so many benefits to it, pretty low barrier of entry and it's absolutely necessary for life. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that if you leave it till the night and you're looking at your watch and you're like, oh shit, I'm only at 2,000 steps, it's going to feel really hard to get it in and you're going to be like, oh my god, I have to go out for a long walk and maybe that feels inconvenient. So split it up throughout the day. If, if you feel like you don't have enough time, doing a 15 minute walk after every meal will probably get you most of the way towards that with all the other steps that you're doing throughout the day during your job and your morning routine and all of that. So break it up into small steps. I mean, Marissa and I, we take a morning walk every day with our dog. 
By the way, that's a super amazing life hack to get in more steps is to just get yourself a dog because they got to get outside. They got to pee. That and dancing. Whenever I do any dancing, I like, I mean, if you weren't using a smartphone, maybe it won't count it. But like whenever I dance with my watch on, oh man, I get so many steps so fast. (laughs) All right. Number four is sleeping seven hours per night. Again, this is another one that people lack the intention behind getting good quality sleep. This is something that, I mean, this is one of the top things when any client is coming to me looking to get to their goals, whether they, whether their goal is more energy, whether their goal is losing body fat, whether their goal is putting on muscle, whether their goal is longevity, like literally any of the goals that are getting you towards health, sleep has to be your top four priority for sure. And, you know, everyone is a little bit different. You know, some people might run off of seven hours of sleep good. Some people might run off of eight hours of sleep really good. I guarantee you though, you're not that person that runs off of four hours of sleep really good. That's like, that is such a small, small, small percentage of the population. Maybe you're getting by, maybe, but you're not living your optimal best life if you're not getting seven hours of sleep. And I can tell you guys, last night, I did not get seven hours of sleep. Thank God it wasn't part of the challenge yet because, like, it didn't happen. And this morning, I got up and I went and I did a 5K run and I felt fine. But I can, like, now checking in, I'm like, I can feel I'm not on the greatest performance level. But this is the thing is, like, we can get into these cycles where because we're in this stress mode or in go mode where our system is so activated, we're so turned on that we might not feel tired and it can go on for weeks or months where we just run on this adrenaline in go, go, go stress mode where we don't feel that tired because we're so wired, but eventually the crash is going to happen. And for some people, it takes a couple months. Some people, they'd go on these things for years, but you have to sleep. That's just how it goes. That's when your body and your brain recovers. That's when everything like your hormones get balanced that's when you can really recover your tissue from your training that's when so many things happen so regardless what you're going into like sleep absolutely necessary figure out what works for you and something else too is like have I have no actually I still have some shame in this to be honest I'm still working through this so I have no shame mentally in a, on a mental when I work through it belief level wise sometimes in my body still feels shame but I most days I still take a nap and I'm taking naps for sometimes like an hour and a half last week there was two days in a row where I took two naps that were over an hour and a half each and that's just right now where my body's at and I'm learning that oh like as I've learned over the years is that me fighting my need for sleep when like sometimes I'm just lazy and I can tell like it's me or like if I'm going into a depression where I just don't want to get up and engage in life like being honest with yourself if that's what's happening but if you're showing up and working hard if you're building connections if you're engaged in life and if you're doing things physically mentally emotionally and you're just alive you're probably going to need more sleep and right now I'm sleeping anywhere between seven and a half and eight and a half hours a night and then I'll usually take a nap so again like I said there's still a little bit of shame there because we are in this culture of go 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 stop doing the sleep because there's sleep is for the weeks you'll sleep when you're dead all these things but the reality is is 
you're going to get weak and you're going to die way faster if you don't sleep. So listen to your body, let your body tell you what it needs, even if it's inconvenient, because it is. Many times I'm like, oh my God, body, like why can you just not be fine and just, can I just go through and do a couple more either work things or fun activities or other, like why do I have to sleep? And I don't know exactly. I know that, well, I do know. It's just that I'm doing a lot. My body just needs to recover. <laughs> it's just that. It's nothing Nothing I'm doing wrong, nothing abnormal, but we're, I'm, we're just surrounded by so many people who say it's not normal. So because of that, we have this tendency to go, 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 and not let ourselves rest and recover whenever we need it. So just listen to your body. Just listen to your body. If you need more sleep, let yourself sleep more. And you can track this a few different ways. Like again, you can use, I have a smartwatch that I wear when I go to sleep and it'll tell me how much sleep I'm getting. Um, I mean, you can just look and make sure that you're going to bed at a certain time. That's, that's what I really recommend. If you have a set schedule, if you can do it, going to bed at a specific time and then waking at a sp- up at a specific time every day is the best way to do this. But again, like what Marissa said, I mean, life gets in the way. If you're a shift worker, if you have young kids that are waking up in the middle of the night, maybe you're going through menopause and you're having a hard time, like figuring it out, doing naps in the middle of the day, that's okay. And I think it's also, like Kathleen said, sometimes you have kids, so maybe you can't control that you're asleep for seven hours, but you can control whether or not you're in bed for seven hours. So like there's many times I'll do that too, even though I can't maybe get to sleep or with my naps, maybe I'm so wound up that I can't actually nap. But I'm like, well, we're going to lay you down anyways. We're going to put you here and you're going to lay there and close your eyes for 45 minutes. If you sleep, cool. If not, cool. It doesn't matter though. It's about being in bed for those 45 minutes or overnight sleeping for seven hours. So like, even if you can't fall asleep, that's okay. But also if you know that it takes you a couple hours to fall asleep or half an hour to fall asleep, plan that in and make sure that you're getting into bed earlier so that way you're not last minute like, oh, and now I only got five hours of sleep because I was only in bed for seven and it takes me two hours to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to parent yourself. Like if your kid was saying, oh, I can't fall asleep. Would you be like, yeah, okay. You can hop on your phone and start texting for 20 minutes while you're having trouble falling asleep. No, you wouldn't, which is probably going to be terrible for you getting to sleep anyway. So yeah, parenting yourself, laying in the dark and telling yourself, yeah, I'm just going to lay here and rest. If I can't fall asleep, then that's okay. Um, number five is 40 minutes of movement in the day. Um, I mean, this goes back to the 10,000 steps again. It's so important to move your body. As someone who loves movement, I mean, I'm a personal trainer. I went to school for this. I don't think I realized until I really started working with clients how many people just don't move throughout the day. If you have a sedentary job, and I mean, especially in these last couple years where we've had COVID and everyone has had an online job pretty much, (laughs) even if it wasn't online before, even as a personal trainer, my job went to online. I don't think I realized how many people don't move throughout the day. And then, you know, they'll they'll have their morning routine, they'll send the kids off to school, they'll spend eight, nine, ten hours in front of their computer in meetings and doing work, and then they'll get to the evening, they'll make dinner, they'll sit in front of the TV, and then they'll go to bed, and that's pretty much it. 
Yeah, it's, and I think it's interesting, too, the idea of the word... I like the word movement, because sometimes the word, like, doing a 40-minute workout or the doing a 40 minutes of exercise, like, some people are just really turned off by that. And that's okay, so find a word that works for you. I'm turned on by that. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> it's, it's kind of disturbing. <laughs> yeah, when I'm like, hey, Kathleen, you want to get turned on? Let's do a workout. And she's like, ooh. Um, Side note, there is very few things that are more hot than working out with your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife in the gym with you and watching them work on their body. Woo-hoo. Yeah, breathing hard, getting sweaty, all the good things. Um, but yeah, movement, it's like, it's, again, it's one of those things that's necessary for life, but it's, it can be so easy for us to push it off just because it is like I for me I find it hard I don't get turned on by the same way Kathleen does it's movement for me is it's a challenge it's a healthy helpful habit that I do because of the benefits it gives me not because it's just easy and fun all the time in the moment so it's one of those things like okay we've got to do it but figuring out what works for you like are you more of a yoga person are you a dance person are you a lifting weights person are you a runner are you I don't know acrobat like it doesn't matter it's figuring out like figuring what's something that works for you and how can you get in 40 minutes of movement and if you look at CSEP which is the Canadian Society of Exercise Physiologists if you go on their website actually I can link that in the show notes too they have uh, the Canadian movement guidelines so the same way how there's like a Canada food guide there's actually a Canada movement guideline as well and for the it goes through like for kids, for adults, for seniors, it has like different age groups. So I'd highly recommend you looking at seeing for yourself, but also for your loved ones, like what's actually necessary in regards for them movement wise. But like for adults, you need 150 of moderate to intense aerobic activity minutes per week. That was a really bad way to say it. There's 150 minutes of aerobic activity per week. And then you're looking at two to three sessions of resistance training. So like that's That's what you're saying. It's not a matter of whether you like it or not. It's a matter of saying these things are necessary for you to take care of your body. So if we build in daily 40 minutes of movement, that's awesome. That's going to happen. And like if you have to break it up, if you have to do two 20-minute sessions, totally fine. And if you go for a run and then you also count that as your steps, also totally fine. But it's just a matter of saying, okay, cool. Is this... Is this like, are you trying to skip your exercise by being like, I'm counting my steps as that? Or is it like, no, 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 like this is me being intentional about moving my body. That's basically what it is. Like how can you for for 40 minutes during the day intentionally move your body in a way that really, really helps take care of your body but also can feed your soul. So find something that's not totally soul sucking but at the same time, even if you don't like resistance training, there really isn't another way around it. That's absolutely necessary in today's day and age and society and how our bodies function and what they need. And you know what? At the end of the day, you are the expert on your body. So if you feel like, like when when I was making um, the guide for our five-day challenge, I put in there an example workout that people could do. So it was a three-day full-body resistance training where ideally they would do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then they would have rest days in between. And then I suggested that they do an active um, rest day for their 40 movement, sorry, 40 minutes of movement, where they're doing some sort of, I don't know, cardio, light running, um, they could be doing swimming, they could be doing, um, I don't know, kayaking, or dancing, or 
Zumba or whatever the heck you want to do, really, yoga. Um, but if someone is telling you that this is the right thing or you have to do this, but it doesn't feel good on your body, then choose something else. And at the end of the day, I mean, you've heard us again and again on this podcast talking about the importance of resistance training. But if you're not going to do resistance training, then don't do nothing. Choose an activity that you enjoy doing. If you love hiking and that's something that really feeds your soul, then by all means, hike away. Do that. Like, don't don't let me telling you that resistance training is the most important thing and it's going to get you to your goals. Don't let that defer you from the things that you absolutely love to do. So just keeping that in mind that you know what's good for you and and that's going to be the best thing for you. Um, number six is 10 minutes of personal development. This is important because change is inevitable, but change and growth is optional. So it's like, okay, we're going to be changing throughout life. We're going to be going in different directions, but if we're not conscious of going in a direction we want to go, we have, we're going to end up somewhere in another place. So it's like, how can you expand yourself? Like, yes, the physical stuff will take care of your body, but how can you also expand your mind? And personal development is going to be different for everyone. Like it might be just some kind of cool hobby that you're working on. It might be something for work. It could be something you're personally developing by developing a business or developing something else. Like it doesn't matter what it is that you're learning in what area, but it's about like, how can you expand your mind more? So reading podcasts, doing online courses, attending lectures, like all these things that help you grow, like listening to the podcast right now, this is personal development. This is you growing, expanding yourself. For all you guys who are doing the challenge, this is your 10 minutes right here. Yeah, or with the amount that I talk, it's going to be like 10 minutes for the entire month all in one episode. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like saying, how can you get yourself to expand yourself on that mental level and also like expand the, even like on like the spiritual level as well, like figuring like what lights you up on that soul level and then learn more about that so that way you can grow more into that person and do more of those things in your life. It doesn't have to be specifically one course growing this thing it's like no no no. figure out what same as movement like figure out what lights you up what you want to learn more about and then grow in that area but it, this is specifically about intaking more knowledge so it's 10 minutes either listening to something 10 minutes reading but something elevating yourself on that mental level in any area that's specific to you and you becoming more of your who you want to be because it is it's personal development it's not like everyone has to grow a certain way to development it's like no it's personal development yeah, and I know in those moments in life where I'm not feeling my best, it's usually when I'm complacent and I'm not growing. I mean, if a few months go by and you're the exact same person, that's kind of boring. That's kind of like shitty. Like, oh, okay. But, and, and you know what? You'll get in those moments. And then being able to realize that and say like, oh, wow, you know what? I've been kind of in this rut where I've been doing the same thing and I, and I haven't really changed as a person. And then you can kind of look inward into yourself and ask yourself, okay, what do I want to do? Where do I want to grow? What areas am I interested in? And like Marissa said, it doesn't need to be 
um, anything specific. It can be if you're interested in learning a musical instrument. It can be that. That can be your personal development. It can be um, learning to paint. It can be um, learning a specific course. If you're interested in psychology, it can be that. So there, there are all sorts of different things that can be your personal development. But it's about figuring out those big goals of who you want to be. Like if I ask who, who does Kathleen want to be in the next year, then there will be specific things that I'll want to learn and grow in and doing those 10 minutes a day that adds up not everyone has you know hours and hours to dedicate but 10 minutes a day everyone has 10 minutes where they can read I don't know 10 pages of that book that they they've been meaning to get through all right number seven is 10 minutes of meditation or prayer per day this is very important because meditation is something that helps you center yourself and quiet your mind and throughout our day we are so bombarded with these instantaneous you know text messages coming through phone calls emails social media going off we don't uh Netflix, we don't often have time to just let our mind be and center and really ground ourselves. So 10 minutes of meditation is very, very important. It just really allows us to be present because, and you can call it prayer, you can call it meditation. It's the same thing as the word movement or exercise. Like find the word that makes you feel good and use that one because like for me, a a lot of a lot of the time or a long time ago like it the word prayer is still still has like these triggers for me right like there's still times where it's like that feels like it's a lot and there's part of me it's like I don't want to do this like I don't feel like this is something it feels no it doesn't feel good to me like it's just how my body responds to it so knowing okay that's okay but then how can I then find something a word that does work and does feel good so that way I can actually still get the benefit of doing the same the thing the same way if the word exercise or working out really triggers you and you're like okay well I don't want to exercise or work out because I have a bad experience from a relationship I've had in the past with movement or exercise it's like okay how can you change the word so that way it's something which does feel good in your body and your being and with prayer or meditation like I said it helps bring you back to this place of presence it helps your brain waves when you look at them it helps them go into this co-regulated space where like they they actually align and where they can chill out which then when that chills out actually helps your body regulate so like your body and your mind they they work together when one calms down the other calms down and it's it's really important to also do the meditation because this also teaches you how to direct your focus and it teaches you how to shift your awareness, which is an amazing tool to be able to have in life when you're going through any kind of difficult situation. If you have the skill and the strength to be able to shift your focus, shift your perspective, it'll make it so much easier. So 
it's such an amazing tool for centering yourself, for being present, for opening your heart, for really learning and growing and connecting, expanding your consciousness, but it's also such a good tool for helping you develop the skills of being able to actually direct your awareness, which is so helpful in today's day because there's so many distractions and if we don't have that ability to be able to shift our focus and our awareness, we're always going to be running around in circles, not actually working towards the goals that we want. And there are so many ways that you can do this. Like Marissa said, it's just like exercise. There, there is infinity amount of ways that you can move your body. And there are so many different modalities out there when it comes to meditation and prayer. So if you're, if you're stuck, you can look up a guided meditation on YouTube. Um, there's guided meditations on podcasts, on Spotify. You can... There's an app called Calm, and then there's another app called Insight Timer. Those are really good ones as well. And then you can also do breath work. There's different breath work apps as well. Yeah. And, and if you want a silent meditation, you can just sit there completely silent. That's how I'll often do it. I'll set a timer for 10 minutes, and then I'll just sit in silence. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't feel like you have to do a specific way. Um, we were just talking to one of our friends, and he was talking about the way that he does it is he visualizes light coming through the top of his head and and then it centers into his body and then uh, yeah that's how he does it so that's a really cool way to do it as well yeah he learned that one from tony robbins from his priming exercises so it's yeah there's like there's so many different ways so it's like pick one and start in the same way with exercise how it can sometimes be overwhelming when you start i've heard so many people say about meditation, they're like, yeah, but I can't get my mind to be calm. Well, it's the same thing when you start lifting exercises. Well, I can't lift that weight. Of course you can't, right? Like that's how it's supposed to be when you start. Your brain's gonna be running around because it's not used to this, but it's gonna take time and over, like over time, your body and your mind will learn how to become centered and learn how to be grounded, but it's not gonna happen the first time. Like most of the time still when I meditate, it still is my brain running in circles. The same way as most of the time when I do workouts, I have every now and then I'll have a lift where I'm like oh my god I felt so amazing during that but most of the time it's just you show up you do the thing and you know you're getting benefits from it but it doesn't feel specifically amazing in the moment it's just like another helpful habit that you do because you know it's necessary so a lot of times that's how it is with meditation too yeah and and Marissa's brought this up a few times and I have found this through working with people through talking to people through myself as well that when, when people say that they, they can't do it exactly the way that you've laid it out, then they feel like they can't do it at all. And, and that's, a, that's a very self-limiting way to live life. That if, you know, if, if you're given a workout and you can't do every single workout on there or you don't have enough time to get it all done, then I'm just not going to do it at all. Or if... Um, if I can't lay down for seven hours of sleep consistently, then I'm not even gonna try at all. And so look at this, look at these habits and realize that you're probably not going to be able to do them perfectly. Like Marissa said, when I sit down to meditate, my brain goes all over the place. I mean, to be honest, I think that that's what brains usually do. They're there to think and so being okay with the fact that you know maybe you don't have a calm mind and maybe you're thinking about a thousand things at once and that's okay and it'll get better as time goes on 
and to not kind of write it off and say like, well, I can't do it that way perfectly or the way that Marissa and Kathleen said, therefore I can't do it at all. I mean, you're, you're an adult. You can figure out another alternative or if you can't ask and be proactive about it instead of just saying, well, I can't do that. Therefore I'm not going to do it. So yeah, there, there's a little tough love for you. Um, the next one, number eight is your gratitude list. So listing five things you're grateful for. This is something, and if you've been listening to our podcast, you know this, or if you know Marissa and I very well, you know this, this is something that we do every single day. We have been doing this, God, for years now. Um, and usually we do it on our walks with Loki but we'll ask each other, hey, what are five things you're grateful for? And we'll list it out. And I think it's really important to remember that the same thing with other things. If this word doesn't settle with you, if you can't, if you're like, I really honestly don't feel grateful right now because I've totally been here so many times. If you're like, I really don't feel grateful, then often we tend to then start to fall into guilt or shame. We're like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad about my, like, I feel so bad now because I can't even get myself to feel grateful, even though I know I have so much to be grateful for. So if you find the word grateful doesn't work for you, use the word appreciate because that's something that even if you don't actually feel grateful in the moment, you probably do appreciate things in the moment. Like there's a lot of mornings I'm not, (laughs) maybe I'm not grateful that I have to get up and go for walks, but I appreciate that I have the ability to be able to get up and go for walks, right? So it's that little switch of the words can be super helpful. And there's um, a course called The Science of Well-Being that I did last year. You can actually do it for free online. Uh, it's really, really awesome. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty intense one, though. It takes a long time. So if you don't if you don't have lots of time, definitely not the one for you to check out. But but it's very interesting. And in there, there was a week where they looked at this. They actually looked at the science of gratitude, and they just had people who just went through practicing gratitude. It showed that I think it was something like four or six weeks later when they reassessed happiness in people that those people who had been practicing gratitude still had higher happiness even four weeks later when they still weren't doing it. So realizing like you don't have to. I like you don't have to be grateful all day every day all the time because literally just you practicing gratitude now is going to impact your happiness weeks from now so it it really does it changes the chemicals of the brain it changes the pathways it changes the way your brain works and it changes the feelings that you have and the emotions that you produce so gratitude going through that practice is so amazing and how you do this like right now let's say okay like here let's actually go through this like Kathleen what are five things you're grateful for I am grateful for this car that we get to drive in on our trip. I'm grateful for Loki sitting in the back seat all curled up. I am grateful for this beautiful country, Canada, that we live in, that there's so many different landscapes. I am grateful for this phone that we have to record our podcast. I think that's four, and I always end with... I am grateful for Marissa Hammond, my beautiful woman sitting next to me, who is driving the car right now and being very safe with us and all of and Loki in the backseat. Marissa, what are five things you're grateful for? I am really grateful for this podcast. We spent months saying we would start it and our years probably saying we'd start it and then we've actually not, so I'm super grateful for this podcast. I'm super grateful. Yeah, I I feel very grateful for my body and my health today, especially my mental health. 
I'm grateful for Loki. I'm grateful that we have this reliable Toyota Corolla, which has done so much of an amazing job over the past years. I'm, I'm grateful for all my family and friends and just the amount of love I have in my life. I'm grateful for fresh air I get to breathe and I'm grateful for water and oh and I'm grateful for Kathleen too. <laughs> As a side note and you know what you can the way that we do it is asking each other so we have a partner who we talk about our gratitude with you can say it out loud to yourself as you're driving home from work or to work. You can write it out in a journal. You can text it to someone. Um, there are so many ways to do it. Just do what feels good for you. And and this is a, a muscle that when you when you practice it, like I'll, I'll do this with clients and at the beginning they'll be like, oh my God, Kathleen, five things. I can't think of five things and it's hard for them. But as time goes on, they're able to rhyme them off very, very quickly. Number nine is cold showers. 30 seconds of cold shower. <laughs> I hate this one. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is way better that we're doing this in the summer because, man, let me tell you, in the winter, it is even worse. Oh my gosh, guys, there's the holistic psychologist. If you don't follow her on Instagram, highly recommend it. But so much of healing from trauma, but also just regulating your nervous system. And like, there's so many benefits, physical health benefits, but also ones that help you mentally and healing from things emotionally as well with cold showers and plunges. And like, I know it's so important. And like, same thing, like, it's like brushing your teeth and like working out. Like, all these things are so important too, right? But for some reason, the I just have such a hard time when it comes to doing the cold showers. I just, I really don't like it. I get, it's really hard for me. Really hard. That's all I can say. <laughs> and you know what? There is a difference between chronic stress and acute stress. So throughout our day, typically a lot of people are under chronic stress. They are not getting enough recovery. They're not getting enough sleep. They're under the chronic stress of eating a poor diet. They're under chronic stress of feeling stressed at work. Having a bunch of kids, not having enough sleep, just having the phone and the screens on, just always being on go mode or having your brain always on, that'll bring on stress. And so when your body is in this chronic stress, that can be very unhealthy. But acute stress, where you have little bursts of high stress, it actually allows your body to adapt and become stronger and more resilient to it. It's kind of like um, if you were looking to get a tan, you would not stand outside in the sun for days and days and days because you would get burnt. <laughs> your, your body would not be able to adapt to it versus a smart person would say, okay, I'm going to stand outside in the sun for little bits here and there and my body will get adapted to it and then I'll get a tan on my body and I'll be able to become more and more resilient to that stress of the sun. So small acute stresses can be things like sauna, it can be workouts, um, it can be the cold shower. So this is what we chose. It's, it's good for circulation. Um, 
you know, it's cold showers are good for your skin as well. It's good for your hair. But the big thing, to be honest, the reason why we chose it is that mental resiliency. Like Marissa said, she, her body, like you should see her sitting there right now. As soon as I said cold shower, her body like crumpled up and she was like, no. I have such a trauma response to cold, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so cold showers, the reason why we did this is to be able to start out your day with a win. When you're when you're wanting to do something like a warm shower and you've told yourself, you know what, I'm going to do this cold shower, it builds up your resiliency to be able to overcome those voices in your head that are saying, no, I don't want to do this. It's the same muscle you're flexing when you've told yourself, um, I'm going to go out for a walk and it becomes hard. And then you're like, no, you know what? Actually, that's going to be too hard. I'm not going to go for that walk. And you overcome that voice and you can, you say, no, I'm going to do it anyways. Same thing with drinking your water. Same thing with eating good meals. So we're just flexing that muscle to say, yeah, you know what? It's hard. It sucks to turn the water into cold when you've been having this nice warm shower. But we're going to do it anyways because it's good for us and because we said we were going to do it and it's not that hard to do you know what at the end of the shower take your nice warm shower 30 seconds 30 seconds turn it to cold bingo bango and you're done number 10 Woo, we're getting to the last two so number 10 is no screens one hour before bedtime nice and this is actually i find really hard and I could feel myself bargaining when we were putting, we're like, we know this is how this works. We know it's so important. But I was like, maybe can I just use it to like put on music or something like that? It's like, no, no, no. It's like no screens is no screens. <laughs> it's like, that's just how that works. And it's important because the way that the light, yes, affects our brain. We all know about blue light now and how that affects our brain can make it really hard for us to calm down. But it's, it's more than just that. It's also just the activity that then your brain is going at. If you're looking at emails, if you're scrolling through social media, if you're watching things online, that keeps your brain activated and it's a lot harder for you then to chill out and go to sleep. But also like there's the rest of your day to be on your phone. So just practicing also having an hour where like put the phone away. It's not as much about the light. It's more about like give yourself a friggin' break and even if you're well if you're like well I really want to listen to music plan it out ahead of time and figure out how you can how you can then have music accessible like use a google chrome you can probably talk to your phone to have it turned on use siri right but like be off your phone like leave it alone like it's not gonna kill you for one hour out of the day for you to not have your phone and it's so helpful for starting that evening routine so that way you can get those seven hours of sleep so you can get up and do your cold shower so you can do your movement so you actually want to eat the healthy things so then you have the brain power to do the personal development like everything is connected but it's so often it starts that night before and usually it's at the end of the day that's when we're the most tired and that's when we tend to make poor decisions so for me if I pick up my phone at the end of the day that's when I tend to scroll the longest or get sucked into it because my body and brain are so exhausted. They just instantly go into this autopilot. I get sucked in and then it's, even though I'm like in like this dazed state, it still is activating my brain and turning it on more 
which makes it then harder for me to sleep and then it's just as a downward spiral from there because the next day I wake up exhausted and then it re- the cycle repeats so it's like put the phone down and walk away just put it down and walk away back away from the screens <laughs> and Marissa said kind of at the beginning oh everyone knows that blue light is bad for them but you know what maybe someone don't so, so maybe some people don't and so you know there are different types of light our screens emit this blue light that wakes us up and we are built so that we wake up with the sun and we go to bed when the sun goes down that's how how our circadian rhythm is built that's how our, our sleep cycles are built around the light of the day and so typically when the sun would come up our body would sense that it was daytime and therefore it would start to wake us up but with those blue light the blue lights that are emitted from our screens from our TVs from our iPads from our phones it's literally telling our body oh it's light time you need to get up when in reality it's probably 11 o'clock at night and you should probably be going to bed and so that will impede your ability to get good quality sleep because you're literally sending opposing signals to your body because your body's tired from being up all day but you're sending those signals to your body telling it to wake up so putting those screens away which have those blue lights which are the biggest offenders will help you to wind down and be able to get a better sleep and then I mean it's pretty simple like Marissa said step away from the phone that's how you do it just put it down and figure out when you're going to go to sleep and then an hour before bed put it away number 11 so if you're doing the challenge those are the 10 things that we have people do but we totally get that sometimes life gets crazy so instead of beating ourselves down that we're like I only got nine of them I'm such a shitty person being like no like we get life to happen so we put on this extra one which is actually an amazing habit to build right it's such a simple thing but will massively change your life even if you don't do any of the other things like this will bring so much back to you so we added this one on as a bonus one so if you miss one of the 10 you can do this one and that that like adds on but this like yeah it's it's a game changer this last one is a random act of kindness yeah so it's about doing nice things for other people and guys like I don't know what this whole life thing exactly is about I know it's about fully embracing our humanity and being fully alive But I do know that the more we give and the more we open up our hearts to other people and act from this place of love and kindness, the better it feels and the better life seems to be. Like it's, it just feels like it adds so, so much to my life whenever I am a loving, giving, kind person and I just do acts of kindness for other people. Yeah, anyone who's ever done any community service, any volunteer work, anything like that, you know what we're talking about. I mean, you're you're helping people, but it brings you so much joy to help other people. And so this is something, I mean, yeah, the, the act of kindness that you're doing for someone else is fantastic. They're, they're going to get the benefit, but also you're going to get that benefit of giving to someone else and it for me it really helps put an inventory into my mind 
of like, oh, that, that person, you know what? I haven't, I haven't reached out to them in a while. It could be something as simple as I haven't talked to this friend in a while and I'm going to shoot them a message just telling them how much I appreciate them and how big of an impact they have on my life. Super simple. It takes two seconds. It probably makes their day and it allows me to give something to them. Yeah, it's like how, like how can we just do one thing like, or even more, but how can you just do these little things that don't take extra time and effort and energy or much time, effort and energy, but you know is going to be something that's going to make an impact. Like when we go out walking, we'll pick up other, if we see dog poop or garbage, we'll pick it up, right? If, if you're at the, if you're in line for coffee, like maybe you just randomly pay for the persons in front or behind you, right? Like what can you do just randomly to help this world be a little bit of a better place? And imagine if everyone was doing that. Like, if everyone was going around picking up a little bit more poop, there would be way less of those dog bombs that you'd be stepping in. If, if everyone was, you know, stopping someone on the street and telling them, like, oh my god, I love the, that dress you're wearing. You look so good in that. That's, that. That would make them feel so good. That doesn't take any extra energy on your part. But again, it makes them feel so good and they probably feel so much more confident. Yeah. So those are the 10 plus one or 11 habits to be living that best life. That's for our five day challenge. But like we said at the beginning, like these are, these are really habits that if you do them all the time and yeah, like they're not... It's never gonna be perfect. It's not gonna be all day, every day. You always hit all of them. But it's like if the majority of the time you create this lifestyle, which is all about how can I create these habits, these and and I don't like the term healthy habits because that implies that if you're not doing that, then that you're being unhealthy. And then we really have this like this this idea in society that if you're being unhealthy, then that means like you're not being good or not being responsible. I like to think of them as helpful habits. Like these are just helpful things that help me feel more like me these are just helpful things that help you thrive as a human being physically mentally emotionally spiritually and if you don't do them you're not a bad person but you may find that you don't feel as much like your best self and that's so it's like okay like how can you build a life then around these things that help make you feel amazing and you might find one or two of them just don't apply to you or they're just not helpful perfect get them off there and add something else in which does or just find the things that you know make you feel amazing and feel good and just build those habits but it's really about that it's like how can you build a lifestyle and find these simple things that you do on a daily basis that help you feel more like you and be able to create a life that you love and feel great living yeah and to reiterate what we were talking about before kind of in the middle of the podcast if this feels overwhelming for you if you're like oh my god 11 things there's no way I can add all those things in then choose one like that's that's a win if you are if the only thing you take away is that oh I'm gonna eat a protein vegetable at every meal that's that's gonna make a huge difference if the only thing you do is walk 10,000 steps oh my god what an amazing difference that's gonna make on your body and in your life and in your mental health so don't get caught up in the need to feel perfect life is not perfect don't get caught up in the need to 
do it exactly as Marissa and I have laid out. This is what we found has worked for us. This is what we found has worked for hundreds of people that we've worked with. And so you can choose one thing and try to work on that. That's it. Stay tuned. That's it, guys. Go live that life. Have a wonderful day. And if you haven't joined the Facebook group and come been part of that challenge, come do that so we can all grow together because we're cheering you on. We're giving you other tips and tricks to help with that. But we just we just want you guys to have, we just want you to really feel amazing. We just want you to have a life that like you can be like, I feel like I'm living the life. Not our version or our definitions of it. Like come up with your own version. Like we want you to just feel amazing in being you and in living your life. And we're definitely going to be running another challenge again. So if you miss this one, look out for the next one. Have the most amazing day. Go be you. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you got tons of value from this episode. If you did, we would love it if you tagged us on Instagram with your biggest takeaway so we can celebrate this journey with you. Our handles are at marissa.hammond and at kathleen.holt underscore. We totally get that it's not always easy. So please know that we're so proud of all the work you're doing and how you're choosing to show up for yourself. If you'd like to dive deeper, check out our websites listed below in the show notes for more free resources and tools. Until next time, keep living the life.